Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we've got Haley Sutton, um, who's the founder and CEO of Box Babe Gift Company, um, joining us on the podcast. So, as you'll learn, Haley um, actually launched Box Babe during the middle of the pandemic, um, I guess technically speaking at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, she's young, she's 24 years old, um, and the business has taken off and grown rapidly, ever I mean, realistically, ever since she started it. And so today was an opportunity for us to sit down and talk to her about, you know, what the business is, um, how it's grown, what's been some of the sticky points, um, what are some of the lessons that she's learned along the way, um, what she thinks of, you know, what she thinks other entrepreneur would be entrepreneurs in the Charlotte area should be thinking about as they, you know, explore the potential to move into it. But realistically, it was just a really solid conversation around um, the the opportunities and challenges that are constantly there in front of an entrepreneur. Um, Haley brings a super positive mindset and enthusiastic mindset to it, right? She's naturally curious, which I think is a a great quality for an entrepreneur to have. Um, She doesn't necessarily see roadblocks. She just sees challenges. So really fun conversation. Enjoyed getting to know Haley a little bit more. Um, have seen her grow the business over the course of the last six months as we've talked about doing this podcast. So um, she's growing it rapidly. She's certainly one on the scene to watch. It's a different business. It's a, um, But she's got the right mindset on what it's going to take to move it to the next level and what type of business that it really is. So really hope you enjoy listening to Haley talk about her company, Box Babe Gift Company, today. Good morning, Haley. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So um, as as you know, and as our listeners know, we like to get started off trying to get a little bit of a background on, on who Haley is. So if you can give us a, a quick 60, 90 second little blurb on who you are, and then we'll take it from there and dive straight into talking about Box Babe. Yes. So my name is Haley Sutton. I have lived in the Charlotte area my whole entire life. Um, My family is from the Waxhaw area. So I've always been here, always been around Charlotte. I went to Wingate University for about two and a half years and then decided I wanted to transfer to UNC Charlotte. So I transferred there, got an internship working uptown um, doing marketing and then decided nine to five was for me. (laughs) Um, I don't know why I had never been around like None of my family does nine to five, but I was like, no, nine to five is it. Went to a nine to five and realized I love my job. I love being creative, but the cubicle life was not for me. So I started to kind of build up my side hustles, my little Etsy shops, and the rest is history. I started Box Babe in March of 2020 last year, and here we are today. But you had, that's not the, um, it's not like you just started it up out of the blue, right? You've been doing crafty stuff since a young age. Yeah. So I started it really in high school. Um, I was the weird kid that went to the post office every day after <laughs> class. Um, so I've always had like a little Etsy shop on the side. What were you I doing did, on Etsy? What were you selling? A All little kinds bit of, of everything. Little yeah. It started out just as like literally crafts that you find on Pinterest when yeah. I was younger. Um, 
And then it turned into kind of like more personalized products. I bought a few like small machines to be able to do that. But then I tried to do it in college. That's why I went to Wingate University because I could stay at home and kind of run the business on the side. But that just, I was burnt out by my sophomore year. And that's when I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go a little bit farther. I'm not doing the business. I went to UNC Charlotte and was like, nope, corporate. And I'm going to go to school and focus on school. And then when I had, I started working nine to five after graduation, I realized I had free time. Like, what am I supposed to do from five to 10? I can't be a normal person. So I brought it back and started the Etsy shop back up um, and got a taste of it again. Yeah. So where'd you do your internship in college? So I worked at Packard Place. So not just the normal run of the mill, non-entrepreneurship internship then, right? Yes. Um, I thought it was going to be, but that was, that was a lot of fun. I think I was there for a year and a half interning and I... That's, I also got a taste of seeing other people building their own businesses. And I was like, no, this is what I really like. Yeah. Uh, I love being in the entrepreneurial environment. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So we're, um, we're graduating school. Um, you pick up the nine to five job. Um, you're doing that for, um, what, 10 or 15 years. And then you start box babe. Is that right? <laughs> That's <laughs> I was working there. I worked nine to five for, I don't even think I made it a year. I think I made it a 10 or 11 months. <laughs> yeah. So you're, box, so you're 24 years old. Um, and you decide to launch. and I shoot, I guess at that point in time, you're 22 years old, probably yeah. launching box, babe. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. 22. So talk about the process of, of launching it. How long did you moonlight? um, doing the stuff on Etsy before you decided to walk out the door and start it fresh up. Um, just walk us through the kind of the entrepreneurial shift that you made. Yeah. Well, I knew like I had my <laughs> Etsy shop at that time and it was doing okay, but it wasn't were you, like, were you still doing the, uh, the, um, the Etsy shop while you were at Packard place or no? No, I was not. Okay. So, so. you literally just started when you shifted into nine to five. Um, so the cubicle world drove you to crafting. Is that right? Yes. So I was getting off work at five and I was like, you know, I eat dinner. I have all this free time. What am I supposed to do? So that's when I was thinking, maybe I pick up the Etsy shop again. And that's where I kind of had a shift because the Etsy shop was not a brand. Like people were just going on Etsy to find stuff and they happened to stumble across my shop. They weren't going on Etsy to shop with me. And that's where I kind of had to make a shift of, do I want to turn this into a brand and into my own website and kind of e-commerce company, or do I want to stick with just the side hustle, the Etsy, a little bit of extra cash. So I chose the route of go big or go home. A bigger boom. But you did, I mean, um, I always pick on Bank of America and Willis Fargo and whenever I do it, I always feel bad about doing it and um, it lasts for a couple of minutes. Um, but you didn't work, you didn't go work for one of the banks uptown doing, um, uh, a cubicle life in one of the big ivory towers, right? I mean, you went to work with another entrepreneurial firm. Yes. Um, I was working with elements brands in right in South end, which is um, a very complimentary business to what you're doing now. So the ability to learn was probably really good too. Yes. And that's <clears> what I loved my job there. I love being creative there. It's just, I'm not one to sit still for eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, I don't even use my office chair now. Like I never, I don't sit down. 
Um, I'm sorry so, for forcing you to sit down for 50 minutes. <laughs> exactly. I'm like spinning in my chair. No. That's okay. I am too. We're, 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 we're good companions from that perspective. Um, go. So element brands mm-hmm. um, was, it, I mean, it was a good entrepreneur. I mean, it was almost kind of building on your experience that you got a Packer place, right? It just gave you ability to learn from a really fast growing company. Exactly. And I think that's where I saw like, <clears throat> you can build a brand because they are at Ellen's building all kinds of brands, like really good brands that are, will grow for years and years and years. And I think that's where I saw that, like what I was building was just, it was just a tiny little shop. It wasn't, it couldn't be, it wasn't going to be a brand name. It wasn't going to be big. So that's where I kind of had the mindset shift of, Oh, I can build a brand and you know, you can build it out. So no, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. So you were element brands for, um, you know, uh, um, an 11 month stint, um, yep. before you spun out and started, um, box paid. What was the, um, you know, how long of a leap was it for you to make that transition? Right. Um, from setting up, um, from realizing you're going to do it to setting up the business to walking out the door. Um, was it a pretty quick transition? It wasn't supposed to be a quick transition, but it ended up being a quick transition. So I started my Etsy shop back up in January of 2020. Um, That's when I was still working full-time at Elements Brands. And I, that's when I kind of had the shift of, okay, I need to build this into a brand. So I decided to turn it into Box Babe and it was going to be like all wedding stuff. So I planned for like, from like January to March to build like wedding gifts and personalized bridesmaid gifts and all of that. Um, And then I was going to launch it in March and had like events planned at like the expo center to kind of like kick it off. And then that's when COVID hit. So, I mean, I'm a fresh college student. I have student loans. I'm trying to live in South end by myself. Um, So I have a lot of bills to pay and I just bought all this inventory. So I was like, no, I really have to figure out how to get pretty much get rid of this inventory And my way for that was to make gift boxes for people that are like working from home or like miss you gift boxes. Um, Cause that was when COVID hit and everyone was at home and those took off. So instead of just getting rid of my inventory, I ended up buying more inventory. And by April, I was like, I cannot keep this up by myself. Like I need to hire, but I was still working full time um, at that point. So I kind of had to make the decision. Do I want to grow it? Or do I just want to keep it kind of as a side thing? And I chose to grow it. How, how long of a decision was that for you? Was that an overnight decision? Um, was it a week long decision or was it about a five second decision? Uh, well, so once I finally realized, I realized probably like the end of March, beginning of April, that like I could sustain myself with this and, you know, it could be something. I talked to my parents and I was like, you know, I really think I just kind of want to go for it. And my dad owns his own business, but he was like, you know, the pandemic, Haley, like, we don't really know what this coronavirus thing is. He's like, you have good health insurance. He's like, really don't want to put you back on my plan. He's like, just kind of stick with it and see what happens. Stick with running both things. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll give it a month. How about that? And my parents were like, yes, great. After a month, let's reconsider. And then the next day I was just so burnt out. I was like, nope, that's it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm putting in my notice. So it turned into an overnight decision. <laughs> So the, um, the, the dad decision would have been a 30 day decision and, um, the Haley decision turned into a 24 hour decision. Exactly. Um, so you're off and running. So you're originally going to do, um, so the business shifted 
instantly too, right? You went from, you know, a concept of that you'd been, you know, working on for quote, you know, call it 75, um, 90 days of doing weddings and things, the wedding gifts and stuff like that. Right. Um, to now all of a sudden nobody's getting married. Um, everybody's staying home. Um, were the, the things that you would, the inventory that you had, was that easily kind of reshifted? Um, or did you kind of have to mix and match it with some new inventory in order to kind of get it out the door? Yeah, I kind of had to mix and match it because a lot of it was kind of bridal focused, um, but mix and match and added in some smaller things. So I didn't really have to do an upfront cost of a lot of stuff when I decided to make the transition. Um, it was more of just a time thing, taking all new pictures of stuff, rebuilding our entire website. Um, but as far as like inventory, we really didn't have to add in too much more. What's, um, what was the hardest part back then? Right. In the early days. I mean, so, uh, you just mentioned it, you've got inventory management, um, your inventory management skills to that probably point in time probably weren't quite refined. Um, you have website, um, you've got marketing, um, you've got shipping, um, you've got all of these different components that are going into a business, um, that you were just, you know, just out of school, just learning components of all of them. Um, so what, what was the hardest part? (laughs) The hardest part, I mean, (laughs) it's like you have all those components and yet they all hit me like a stack of bricks all at once. I mean, I think April of last year, I still think was one of our biggest months to date. And that was the first month that we were in business. Um, uh, we probably did like two or 2,500 boxes that month. That was shipping out of my bonus room. Um, and back then I thought, I really thought it was just a small, small side hustle that I was kind of doing. So I'd have orders come in and I had my turnaround time at like a week to two weeks. So I'd see these orders come in and then I'd order the inventory because I was kind of, I didn't have this upfront capital to, you know, just purchase $10,000 worth of inventory. So, but COVID was there. So we had all these shipping delays. So it's kind of a whole learning process of what do I need to order? What's going to do good? When do I need to order it? And it was just everything at once, um, trying to learn and just pretty much keep my head above water. How do you source technology for the business back then and today, right? I mean, what resources do you, because I would imagine, um, you know, inventory management and all that stuff, right? It's all, there are technology softwares and packages and stuff like that to facilitate the transfer, um, facilitate the business from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can't go to a networking event, right? You can't go to small entrepreneurial kind of um, mindshare type things. So how are you figuring that stuff out as you build it? Yeah, at first, I mean, for the first four or five months, we had no kind of software. Like it was, <laughs> it was strictly all in my head. People were like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, I don't, like, I don't know what to do. I'm just kind of winging it. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I've had to just like, Google, like (laughs) I'll sit on Google for four or five hours a day, just like trying to figure out what I need. Um, And that's where I'm also kind of stubborn because instead of just posting on LinkedIn or like messaging someone that I might know would know I'm stubborn and I'm like Googling and like, what do I use for this? Um, I joined a lot of Facebook groups and I don't know if that's the smartest way to get information, but I just post in there, these random groups, you know, Shopify experts, UV printers, (laughs) um, 
and just asking these people like, Hey, like, what are you doing? And trying to learn as much as I can through there. So you utilize Shopify some for your, um, for the business then? Yep. We use Shopify for our um, website. Good business to um, partner with, I would assume. Yeah. That's been one of the easiest ones that we've done. Yeah. Um, So when you talk about doing 2,500 boxes in April of last year um, Mm -hmm. in your bonus room, there's a story um, of Jeff Bezos early, um, early in his career. And he, um, was talking about, you know, he was in the garage or in the warehouse or whatever, and they were boxing up stuff to ship it out. And, um, they were, you know, literally on their hands and knees, boxing things up. Yes. Right. Um, and he was next to his employee, one of his employees at that point in time. And he's like, um, he's like, gosh, he's like, my, my knees hurt so bad. Um, and the, his employee was like, yeah, they, you know, this is what happens when you're down on your hands and knees all day long. <laughs> um, and Jeff Bezos like, I've got a brilliant idea. And his employee was like, what is it? And he's like, um, knee pads. We should get knee pads. <laughs> um, his employee was like, no, you should get tables. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, um, the light, light bulb goes off. Right. I mean, you stand up rather than be on knees. Yeah. Um, what um, <laughs> you have a knee pad moment? Um, something that was so obvious that you just didn't see in front of you. Um, or, you know, you've started to hire employees as well, right? And you've got five employees that are with you now. Um, what are you learning? Um, what have you learned over the course of the last, I guess at this point in time, 18 months, um, about the business that's so obvious that, um, that wasn't obvious at that moment in time. Yeah. I mean, to start out, we quite literally had like a knee pad moment. Um, I mean, working in my bonus room, I couldn't hire anyone. A, I didn't think I needed to because I thought, you know, this is just me. B, it was COVID. So I was like, I don't want anyone in my house, you know, Um, like friends and stuff. So I had my sister come over and we were literally on our hands and knees packing boxes. And she was like, you know, you should get a table. Like yeah. it was the same exact thing. She still to this day is like, remember when I worked for you and you didn't even give me a table? And I'm like, ah, I remember that. Um, yeah. Well, now you can tell her that Jeff Bezos didn't give his employees tables either. Right? Yeah, I know. So, I, I gotta, yeah. I'll text her that after this. Um, but it's, it is little things like that. Like when we get inventory in to our warehouse now, it's like, I'm breaking my back, trying to move it to the back. And it's like picking up all these boxes. Um, like we don't have people that move our inventory for us. I mean, it's me. It's my my big muscles. That's doing I don't know, it. Haley. I hadn't, I hadn't seen you since March of 2020, probably. But they weren't big muscles back then, right? Yeah, <laughs> they are now. Um, <laughs> but my dad came over one day and he's like, why don't you get like a cart to put this stuff on? Like put it on wheels. I was like, you yeah. know what? That'd be a great idea. So yeah. I bought a $50 cart from Lowe's and that cart has saved my back <laughs> so many times. So... That's funny. So no, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, having other people walk into the business and just observe the obvious and say, Hey, why don't you give this a shot? And it's like, Oh, why didn't I think of that? Right. Oh yeah. I feel like it's something like that every day. I just don't see it. I just totally overlook it because my brain is so focused on like (coughs) doing, making boxes or like designing the next big thing. So you're 24 years old. You've got employees now. Um, and you're, so you're the boss, right? You're the 24 year old boss. Um, and you've got, you know, 22, 24, 25 year old employees, I would assume as well. Um, how easy is it for you to take their suggestions along the way and not pretend to be the know-it-all boss? That's a balance I'm still learning. Um, that's what I like to consider still a little learning phase of that one. Um, 
Cause I yep. do value like everyone's feedback, but a lot of times like they don't see everything that goes into it. Like we can't just create a whole new product line because that requires money. Yeah. Um, so it's a balance of, Oh yeah, great idea. I'll write it down. Yeah. And then they're like, well, why haven't we started this? And I'm like, we can't just jump on everything as much as I want to, as much as I love to do that. Um, there is a lot of business things that go on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, because you need a suggestion box, um, right? Suggestion yes. inbox, or I don't know what you'd use today in today's day and age. Um, so, so talk about, um, I mean, you, so initially you were, you were selling product or the concept was to, um, to, to sell packages for brides, right? Kind of wedding component things or I guess bridesmaids and things like that along the way. Um, and now you've shifted and you're doing welcome packages. What, um, what types of gifts are in the packages that you're, you know, you're sending out to folks? Yes. So right now it's kind of all across the board. We're doing like welcome to the team gifts for like when people are virtual, that's been super popular. So we'll send like coffee and a coffee mug. But then our thing is every box includes a personalized item. So like on that coffee mug, we're putting either the name of the recipient or the logo of the company that's sending it. So, and then it's everything like happy birthday boxes. So we'll send a birthday cake mix or hair ties, like a spa gift set, really all those like little kinds of gifts that you can send to the mail. They're less than three pounds in a box for shipping sake. Um, and then a personalized gift. That's one of our big things. Where do you source your products from? So hundred percent of our products are from small women-owned businesses, which has been kind of cool in the pandemic because a lot of these smaller businesses have been struggling because they're losing their retail accounts. Um, so we kind of came in and we're like, I need 500 of this, hurry. Um, which has been really cool to watch. Cause like one of them, our candle suppliers, she reached out to me. She was like, Haley, like last year, she's like, you paid our rent one month. Like we would not have been able to pay rent if it wasn't for your orders. It's like, wow, that's really cool. We're like helping people with their gifting stuff, but we're also helping the businesses that we're buying from. So how do you manage that from, um, from the sourcing perspective? Right. So is it consistent enough? I mean, are, are they, because they're small women-owned businesses, they're small businesses in general, not because they're women-owned business, because they're small businesses. um, They, you know, it's hard for them to get stuff out the door as well. So from a timing perspective, you've just got to make sure you've got enough inventory to help them with that um, kind of surge from time to time of, of, um, of demand. Yes. And that's, that was a huge learning point because at first it was like, Oh, I can source it from these 15 people, these people over here, and it'll be great. Um, but then we got into a higher volume and some of them just can't keep up. Like a lot of them are smaller <laughs> running out of their kitchen, basement, whatever it is. And bonus like, room. Yeah, exactly. And that's at the stage when we were in our bonus room, it worked out perfect. Um, but as we grow, it's like some of them just can't keep up. So we have to be super selective as much as I hate to. We have to be selective on who we work with because of inventory, turnaround time, all of that. And then we also, that opened a whole new channel for us to kind of create some of our own products. Because if we're, if we're the manufacturer, then 
we have kind of an unlimited supply of, and our turnaround time is how quick can I get in there and make it? Yeah. I want to touch base on that in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, the manufacturing component, um, do as a result of working with the small businesses and, um, trying to help them along the way, Mm -hmm. do you, um, in some instances, are you almost coaching them on how you built your business as well in order for them to understand the inventory, getting stuff out the door and everything else to you or, um, or no, there's no coaching involved in it. It's just strictly an order process. Not really at this point. Um, and I mean, a lot of them I have formed, I mean, kind of friends now, like on Instagram, we're always messaging back and forth, like, Oh, when are you launching Christmas stuff? Or when are you doing this? So that's kind of been a way for me to meet other people and network through this because I mean, that's the only way I've been able to meet people for the past year and a half. So it's more of a kind of someone to bounce ideas off of versus coaching. Yeah. I see a, I see a coaching line in your business, um, Haley, um, where you're coaching small businesses or small women owned businesses about the growth aspect of what you've done. Right. So, um, you can name it after me if you want to, it's perfectly fine. I won't, um, I won't feel bad about it. That's exactly Um, what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you're manufacturing now. I didn't realize that. Um, so you're producing some of your own stuff. Yes. Um, so a lot of our gift boxes, candles are just a super popular, easy gift to give someone. And right now we started making our own candles around Christmas of last year. And I mean, that was just trial and error in my kitchen. I would come home after work and pour like melt wax on the stovetop and try out different candles. And I finally nailed down kind of like our candle recipe. And now we just bought a 65 pound melter. So I'm pouring right now about 300, 400 candles a day myself. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> like I leave here. It's not at a computer sitting out there. I'm like covered in candle wax and smell like a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you make different flavors or do you have like your, your signature candle? Yeah. So we have like five different ones that we're offering right now. Okay. Um, and a few different sizes. So we're offering like two ounce, four ounce, eight ounce. And yeah, we're making them right, right on the other side of this wall. <laughs> so where are you from a, um, I mean, 65 pound melter, I imagine that's a fairly big machine. Is that right? Um, so where location wise you've moved from your, um, obviously you've moved from your, um, your bonus room, um, have you, um, as a result of growth, how many times have you had to transition? Yes. So I started in my apartment. I lived in an apartment in South end. And then my boyfriend was in the market to buy a house within the year, year and a half. And I was like, Hey, let's move that timeline up. Like I need more space. So that's how I got the bonus room. Cause I convinced him to buy a house. Um, and good, then good sales tactic. Yeah, it's Perfect. Well, it kind of backfired because he bought a house with a lot of space so that I could run the business out of it for years to come. And I lasted about two months. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now I have a bonus room if anyone needs a bonus room, (laughs) Um, which it's fine. So then I moved into our first warehouse in Pineville and outgrew that one within about six months, but we ended up staying there about eight months. And then we moved here to our warehouse now in Indian trail and (laughs) It's a three-year lease and I thought it was enough space, but we're at month seven now and we can't fit. Like there's no more room for anything. So we have outgrown it once again. 
That's crazy. Um, <laughs> when you say that out loud, what do you think? It kind of hits me like, wow, you've moved four times in the past year and a half. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's like, do we take, well, I mean, we're going to have to take the risk at the end of the year. We'll be moving again. Um, but it's just very scary. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's just scary and exciting, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what have you learned about inventory management? I have learned that is something you cannot slack on. Um, that is something you cannot, I tried buying like the softwares that are like $20 a month and, you know, and they'll keep track of your inventory and you have to keep your inventory to a T because if not, then we have orders we need to ship out and we don't have the inventory for it. So then it's just, we can't ship out the order and then it turns into a customer service issue because we have to communicate with everyone. And that is something that you like can't slack on. So is that, um, is that one of the key components of your business, Haley? It's just the whole inventory process. It's, it's the cog in the wheel, so to speak, the biggest cog in the wheel, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I learned it the hard way for the first, and I'm still learning it now. Putting together a gift box is not just a lot of people think it's like, oh, you just put the gifts in the boxes. But there is so much that goes like labor wise into making each box because we like handwrite each and every gift message still. Um, each gift box has tissue paper and crinkle paper and it's wrapped like a gift. So like that is a huge time that we had to factor into everything as far as our like cost of goods sold. Yeah. Um, were you a business major? I was, I was a marketing major, Okay. Um, marketing. And then at Wingate, I had an entrepreneurship minor, but I dropped that when I went to UNCC. So you just mentioned cost of goods sold. How long did it take you to get up to speed on um, P and L's and balance sheets and everything else? That is not my favorite aspect. I tried I, yeah, that's not my, I can market this stuff. I can sell it. But when it comes to the tax part and the profit and loss, that's not what I like to deal with. Um, and that's where I had to learn. Cause I did, I mean, that's where like, everyone's like, Oh, like they talk about like taxes and all that stuff. When I first started it, I did not think it was going to turn into what it is today. Like it essentially blew up, turned into a six figure business within a month overnight. Yeah. And I did not have anything in place to support that. Like we had no QuickBooks. We didn't have any of that. Yeah. So after a few months when things, I had time to breathe, it was, what did I, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> what did I just get myself into? <laughs> oh no. Now all of a sudden I don't have a, um, a summer vacation anymore. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, do you think of it as a marketing business or do you think of it as a, um, as I don't know, a, manufacturing what how do you think of the business what's the business to you um that's kind of where I'm trying to put my finger on lately because I mean honestly there's nothing crazy unique about Boxfave um there are hundreds of other businesses that do this but I think a lot of them are still stuck in the mindset of this is a small Etsy shop I'm going to craft it in my house um so I think we do have a leg up because I do kind of look at it as a marketing and design company. Like <clears throat> I'm designing all of our stuff. And now we have um, someone that helps design all of our stuff who has like a fresh look at everything, like kind of like a more modern, younger look. Um, 
So I think that does kind of give us a leg up and make us more of a marketing design company. How, um, with that mindset, right? One of the cool things that you do is there's that personalization aspect to every business or every, um, every box that goes out the door. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're, a um, you're marketing the design company and the goal is to continue to, to, to grow it, right. To take more market share, so to speak, or maybe not more market share, but just grow the business, grow the market in general. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you balance in your head that growth with that personalization, right? How do you, how does that, how much does that struggle um, eat up mind share at the moment? Yeah, that is something earlier this year that was a really big struggle because it's like, we're growing very big, but personalization, that is a very one-off thing. Like that takes a lot of time. Um, so how do we balance that? So we recently just added, we were using vinyl, um, like vinyl decals on everything and like got the job done, but it wasn't very nice. Like, I mean, yeah. it worked. It worked. Yeah. It got the job done. So, and but it proved to us that people want personalization. Like all of our reviews are like, my friend loved the mug with her name on it. Like she loved that personalized aspect. So it kind of proved our point that people want a personalized gift, at least our market does. Um, so we just added a new printer, a UV printer, which was a huge investment. Um, but now we print on everything so we can print full color on any hard surface, um, which makes it a lot nicer, a lot more efficient because it's a machine doing it. Yeah. Um, so that was a big step. So um, another table, so to speak, metaphorically speaking. Yes, exactly. Um, so the, you know, the business took off in, in April of 2020. Um, I don't want to say because of COVID, but um, kind of sort of on the waves of COVID, right? People were staying from home. And as a result, they were, you know, sending things to, um, to friends, family, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it took off and exploded as a result of that. So with that, the growth for, you know, the first little while kind of stayed on that same wave. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all saw it coming, which is, or we all hoped we saw it coming, which was, um, somewhat of a return to normalcy. I guess we haven't quite gotten back there here in the September of 2021 time period, but hopefully it's not too far away. Um, how did you, when did you start thinking about a post COVID world and what the business needed to be and how are you going to steer it in that direction? Yeah. So like all last year was, I mean, really good. And then we had Christmas and Christmas, of course, is like a busy time. And in the beginning of this year, 2021, it was great. And then when things kind of started to open back up, we did see kind of like a slow in sales. I mean, people were going to visit versus people versus sending a gift across the country. Um, And we had some people ask us, they were like, you know, I like your gifts, but I want to give them to a friend. Like, I don't want them to come in a shipping box to mail it to them. I was like, oh, you know, you're right. I never really thought about like hand delivering a gift. Who would have thought? Yeah. Um, The old days. Yeah, I know. Right. You're not shipping stuff everywhere. Um, so that's where it was kind of like a shift of, do we want to offer like two types of gift boxes where you can like hand deliver it where it comes with a bow or like it's still in the shipping box. And that was kind of a debate of what direction do we go in? And essentially we decided to just start offering individual products, like individual gifts. And that's where we kind of started manufacturing our own candles And that opened up the whole 
the whole entire world of wholesale. So now we have our candles in boutiques across the country so people can go find our individual gifts. Well, and we have gift boxes in boutiques too. So they can go find individual gifts or a wrapped gift box ready to give um, in their store versus shipping it. So you're now, you're now in retail stores yourself. Yes. There's about um, 35, I think. When, um, when was the first retail store, right? How did you, did you test it out? Was it, did you walk into a store one day and say, Hey, look, I'd love to put some box page stuff in your store, um, and test it out for two or three months or did it happen more naturally than that? Um, it just, there's this wholesale platform where we purchase a lot of our products from in the beginning stages. It's just a place to connect like buyers, um, buyers and like stores. So I, joined it from a brand perspective versus the buyer perspective and kind of put up some gift boxes and some other gifts. And we just, the orders just kind of started rolling in. It was never a, let's test this out and see what, see what works. It was just kind of like, here's what we have. And so far, I mean, we've had a decent amount of reorders already. And we started this the beginning of August. So it's been not even two months, Yeah, 45 days. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Do you feel in any way like you're competing with your, um, with your own suppliers, um, or you're doing it in a different way. You're doing it at a more scale, um, that it's not, you're not in competition, right? Yeah. I think there's not, if there was a product that was like super unique and we were like, we're going to remake this product, I would feel like it would be competition. But candles are candles. Exactly. Like for the most part, we're keeping it. And honestly, we had to make like the candles out of necessity. Like it was hard finding someone that could keep up in the time frame that we needed. Yeah. And like if one box had a candle in it and that candle goes out of stock, that whole entire gift set is out of stock. So we had we had to get product in here to keep keep ourselves running. Yeah, you had to I mean, to a certain extent as the business controls, you have to you have to control it as well. Right. And then that yeah. aspect of control is we're going to make our own stuff. That way we know that we're going to have it in the door the day that we need to ship it out. Right. Yep. Um, so, um, what's, um, do you worry about, com- I mean, you said it earlier, do you worry about competition? Right. I mean, you're not the only, um, you're not the only person in the world doing this. Um, yeah. does it keep you up at night or is it, is it big enough space out there and it's kind of growing at a big enough space that you're not overly concerned about it? Um, I mean, I am concerned about it because it's fairly easy to replicate it when it comes yeah. to a point. Um, especially when we were using vinyl, because I mean, I was using a little machine that I bought at Michael's in high school up yeah. until less three months ago. Um, so it is something that is easy to replicate. And that's where I've tried to, we've had to make our brand kind of our own style and products that are kind of unique to us as far as like design aspect. Um, so it has, I mean, we've had people straight up copy every word off our website, just pretty much copy and paste our website. And I'm like, you serious? Yeah. Oh, they've used our pictures even. And I reached out and I was like, I know I took these pictures. Like this picture was taken in my dining room and they're like, Oh, we're just like using it as a placeholder. Like, no, use a picture of your dog as a placeholder. Yeah. So it does, 
it has, I'm not going to say it hasn't kept me up. It has kept me up a lot of nights um, trying to figure out how to differentiate ourselves. But I feel like we've gotten a good hold on what we're making, what we're producing and kind of our brand and design. So um, I want to talk about your brand in a, in a minute. Uh, did you have to call in, a, did you call an attorney or did you, um, how did you, how did you effectively get them to replace your picture with their dog? Uh, well, a lot of box babe has been built on faking it till you make it. Yeah. So I reached out and said, I will have my legal team involved. If this is not taken down within 24 hours, do I have a legal team? No. Yeah. Um, but they don't know that. So the picture is down within 24 hours. Okay. So, um, and you've run across that. I mean, is I would imagine it's per, in, to your point in this particular industry, that's a fairly common occurrence, right? For somebody mm-hmm. to just completely rip off everything. I don't want to say rip off, but uh, probably still. Um, yeah. And that you see it, you still see it today, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see people replicate. I mean, a lot of people have added on like the personalization even. Yeah. But, and that's where we just bought this new UV printer. Um, which I mean, it was, no one is, I feel like, I am the only 24 year old who has dreamed of owning a UV printer at this age. Like I join these Facebook groups and everyone is, I mean, over 50 and a male. And yeah. I'm like, hi everyone. Yeah. My name is Haley. Here's my design. I just made for a bachelorette thing. And they're all like designing, I don't know, manly stuff and trophies and yeah. stuff like that. So I feel like that is, that's something very exciting that I think will really take us to the next level. That's cool that you bought your, um, you bought your, your, your dream, right? Your UV printer. So, um, so, um, what is, um, what is the box babe, box babe brand to you? Um, right. What is it? Um, what does it signify? How's it going to differentiate you in the marketplace as you continue to build it out over the course of the next couple of years? That's something that we've really had to nail down because it was just gift boxes. And if we're going to nail ourselves down as just gift boxes, it's not candles and stuff like that. So right now, seasonal and personalized trendy gifts. So whether you need a gift, a fall gift, whether you need a personalized gift, we have the top trending gifts and you can come right to us and we'll have it ready to go. Um, does that mean eventually that you'll have to travel a lot to go to trade shows and stuff like that and see what's out there? Or is it technology these days makes it easy to stay on trend just by um, just by being online and, and being parts of different groups and um, or um, more importantly does it mean that eventually you have to become a for all intents and purposes a trendsetter yeah I mean maybe one day we will hopefully we'll be the trendsetter one day yeah. um, but right now it's just a lot of online seeing what people are buying what people are searching um, just kind of, I do. So, I mean, I probably two, a solid two hours a day, I'm on my computer, just researching what people are searching, what they're buying and that kind of stuff um, to see what's out there. You enjoy it. Oh, I love it. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I love the research aspect of it. Much better than the cubicle days. Yes. <laughs> so you, um, you mentioned earlier on, you did your internship at Packer place um, which, you know, obviously has, has been a great entrepreneurial hub over the course of the last 10 years now. Um, 
And as a result of that, you saw a number of entrepreneurs walking in and out of the door through um, the RevTech Labs program, QC FinTech program. Um, you saw a lot of mentors. You just saw a lot of people that wanted um, and enjoyed entrepreneurial um, people. Have you, it's COVID, right? So it's kind of hard to get together for coffee with people. Um, but have you been able to tap back into to, into any of those relationships that you established back at Packer Place? Or has the business and every aspect of growing the business just forced you to kind of lock it down and, and, and be there? Yeah, it's been to the point where I'm pretty locked down here, keeping like day-to-day running still. Um, so I haven't had a chance to really get connected like back in that community. But there's been, I mean so many people that have reached out to me, like seeing updates on like LinkedIn and stuff and have reached out and like offered a hand or like I've asked questions to have been like, what do you think about this? Um, so it's been nice to like have those connections on there, but I haven't, I've just been so locked down here trying to keep my head above water. I haven't been able to like get coffee or like meet up with anything. One. Yeah. What's, um, what's your vision for the business over the course of the next five years, right? Where do you want to see it? Right. I mean, obviously you're going to have to move warehouses again. So, um, one vision is a new, bigger facility. Um, but you know, how do you see this thing going over the course of, you know, again, the next, uh, 36 to 60 months? Yeah. I would like Boxbabe to be like your go-to modern gifting company. Like when you need a gift, you're like, Oh, Boxbabe. Like, oh, I'll just go online there and send a gift. Um, and that comes down to whether it's a personalized gift, whether it's a gift box all put together and you know, like, oh, maybe I'll just run down the street and get box babe. Um, I want it to be like the modern gifting company, like your, your go-to for gifts. For Charlotte people? For everywhere. For everywhere. No, so I, and that's one thing where. That becomes I, a big, that becomes a bigger business, right, Haley? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am not one to think very close, but like small, yeah. like I'm go big or go home. And my thing is like, I'm not just gonna think about it and kind of throw it out there. Like I'm going to try it full force. Um, I'm going <laughs> to just make it, make it happen. Um, so like yeah. we've started creating, like I said, a lot of our own products, which has really propelled us a lot because now people are seeing us in other places and like the Atlanta market next year i'm like why don't we have a booth there next year yeah. why don't we set up a booth and see what these retailers think worst comes to worst we're out our booth fee like that's it yeah. so let's just try it let's see what happens so marketing expense right mm-hmm. yeah so what do you need to do over the course of the next i mean what are the big steps for you right what's um what are current roadblocks that obviously there are a bunch of roadblocks, right? There's every, there's a roadblock every day, every Mm -hmm. hour. Um, but what are the big roadblocks that are ahead of you to get to becoming that? I think right now it comes down to a time thing because we do have to focus on like, and that's where my mom calls me squirrel brain because my brain is just always all over the place thinking of stuff. Um, it's just a time thing. Cause right now we really do have to focus on like the customers that we have now and cater to them and make sure that their experience is 110%. Um, so kind of creating our own line of products is not on the back burner, but it's just a side project. So it's more of time and time and resources really is what it comes down to. Like there's nothing stopping us from 
the design perspective or the like ideas, like we have the ideas. We just really need to get them out there and implement them. What, um, so candles, uh, are something that you make on your own now. Mm-hmm. What other items out there would you, in an ideal world, would you be able to produce tomorrow? Um, in an ideal world, anything from like journals to tote bags to, mugs, all of that kind of stuff, like kind of the little like gifts you would give your coworker, essentially. Like we're not trying to tackle the $500 gifting. Like we're not trying to send these giant luxury gifts. We're trying to send quality, affordable gifts. So anything in that sector, which I think is another thing that has set us apart because you have these gifting companies, but you're going to be sending a gift box for $250, which for a lot of people, that's not the gift that they want to send. Um, but we're not Hey, we're going to throw this from Walmart in a box. You know what I mean? It's a nice, nice, affordable gift. Yeah. Do you have price points like a 20, like a 15, $25, $50 price point? Or is it, um, how does that work from y'all's perspective? So a lot of our gift boxes range from 30 to $75, but then we also have the option like where customers can build their own so they can Um, go on and kind of choose their price. So, um, how, or can you measure whether or not you've got repeat, uh, repeat users, how, how sticky the users continue to come back to box babe. Can you measure those metrics? Yeah. Um, and that's one metric that has been really good. We have a lot of people that have bought 10, 15 boxes Um, for everyone's birthday. They're just sending them. I think, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I know our return customer rate is at least around like 40%. Oh, wow. So there's a good bit of people. And now we have, like you have people that own a business and they want to send a client gift. So every, every time they sign a new client or every time it's a client's birthday, they just go on box babe and send the gift box. And you've got their stuff stored, right? If they want to use their logo, you've got their logo. Are you storing that? So it's automatic. It's easy process. Or will you get to that point where you are able to store and um, easily replicate it? Yep. So we store it. So like, for example, we have a photographer and every time she signs a new client, she says, I need a gift box. We send her the invoice and we have like the ribbon color that we use for her, her gift message, her logo, all of that stored away. So we know exactly what to make. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. 40%. I would imagine that's got to be a a really high repeat user rate um, or repeat repeat client rate or whatever y'all call it. Um, Are there other metrics that you look at that kind of um, that really help you understand um, uh, different sticky points in the business, um, or that foretell you what's, what's to come with the business. Have you really been able to figure out some of those kind of key metrics, so to speak yet? Um, that's something that we're still kind of diving into. Um, it's just kind of seeing constantly seeing like what people are purchasing. And that's where, when people, we give them up the option to build their own gift box. The number one item that people put into it is a personalized item. So that we know, A, people want that, people want more of that, and B, candles. So that's why we've really zoned in on those two products, because when people have the option, that's what they choose. How do you expect, you see it, you said you ended up with five or six different candle flavors, is that right? Yeah. How do you, so were you just replicating, I mean, are you just doing cinnamon because cinnamon's easy? Um, Or you kind of, did you custom create some candle flavors? I'm sitting here trying to imagine you in your kitchen um, (laughs) making candles and how you're experimenting with different flavors at that point in time. 
Yeah, we didn't really make any signature scents, so to say, yet, or kind of our own formulations, because I'm not quite the scientist. I was kind of afraid, you know, yeah. what could happen if I start mixing stuff. Um, but it was just kind of trial and error of what which ones work best, smell the best. Um, ease perspective. That's what we kind of went off of for those to start out with. How do you, so, I mean, so again, I mean, I'm envisioning you in the kitchen, you know, <laughs> mixing and matching, you know, different flavors to get the candle type that you want. Yeah. How do you, how do you balance the CEO role with that role, right? The, um, the, the candle experimentation role, right? I mean, that's a, um, um, I mean, I guess you're at this point in time, you're still a small business yourself. So you've yeah. got, you've got to wear both hats. Right. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, you're 24 and you still have the energy to, um, to, to make candles at 10 o'clock at night. Yes. Um, that's what a lot of it just comes after hours. Uh, and I've, that's just one part that I've had to kind of suck up and do. I mean, I, I need to learn a better balance uh, in, in an ideal world. But it is, I'll be here at the warehouse, like making sure everything's running like day-to-day stuff from seven to four. And then I go home, take packages if I need to, eat dinner. And then it's on the computer, researching, testing, making candles, taking pictures, doing whatever needs to be done on that end. Is your boyfriend working for you yet? Not yet. Not (laughs) Not officially, but unofficially, he does all kinds of things, all right? Yeah, he's weekend help and he is actually... Um, he does sales. So now that I'm adding on these wholesale accounts, I'm like, huh, yeah. maybe we need a salesperson. So not officially yet. He's, he's moonlighting as a salesperson for you then, huh? Or yes. could moonlight as a salesperson for you. No. So what's well, crazy to think that, you know, we're coming up on kind of our time here. What's, um, what thoughts or words, right? I mean, so you were a 14 year old entrepreneur, uh, you know, putting stuff out there on Etsy. Um, you were kind of toying around with it at college. Um, you moonlighted a little bit while you're in your cubicle as an entrepreneur before you decided to jump ship. Um, and I know your first comment is just going to, is going to be just go do it. Right. Cause that seems to be your mindset, but outside of the, just go do it. What's the, you know, what thoughts do you have? Cause I've always said that we've got a lot of would-be entrepreneurs in the ivory towers here of Charlotte, right? And maybe it's not mm-hmm. a box pay, but maybe it's a, maybe it's a FinTech product or maybe it's a this, or maybe it's a, it's a that. And so for somebody that was able to do it at a young age, what's your advice for those folks that have that concept or idea um, to, to test it or to, to move it along or, or do whatever they need to do in order to validate the concept? Yeah. One thing that held me back was, or that even holds me back to this day is there's a lot of people doing it. And I was like, ah, you know, no, it's already out there. Like, I'm not going to do it. And I have a sticky note right here on my desk that says, if they can do it, I can do it. So like, if someone else did it, why can't I do it? Yeah. And that's, what's kind of kept me going when I have a new idea or like a new concept. I'm like, ah, no, it's already out there. But I'm like, that just proves that there's a need for it. Yeah. So that's kind of something that's, and then if they can do it, I just got to <laughs> get on doing it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, was that, has that been your mindset all along as, a, as I mean, going back to early days, childhood, I mean, um, if they can, um, are you the, are you the youngest child? Or are you the oldest child? Um, I think of my daughter, right? If my son does something. She wants to do it better than he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so where were you in the family stacking order? So I'm the oldest, Okay. Um, but I've always grown up with 
almost everyone in my family has their own business. Yeah. So I've just always been immersed in that building your own business. Um, and that's kind of, I think, played a big factor into it too. Cause I see, I, it's just, they say it's in my blood. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you, uh, yeah, look, you can tell it is right. I mean, you're, um, yeah, even on video, you know, and, and the couple of times we've talked leading up to this, I mean, you're, you're not natural entrepreneur, you're curious, um, and curiosity is such a, a key component of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as you've said multiple times, um, you know, you're swinging for the fences, right? And that's just what you've got to do. Um, and it's awesome to see. Um, I still, I told you this, I still remember seeing you, you know, when you're an intern at, um, at Packer Place. And so to see you take it from that to building such a fantastic business is super awesome. So congratulations. Um, good luck with the upcoming move. Um, so, and yeah, cross your fingers. <laughs> Um, and hopefully we'll see, you know, hopefully we'll see you around once the pandemic lets up. And uh, it certainly sounds like we'll see some of your products out and about in Charlotte here um, once you're all about shopping again. So um, good luck and thanks so much for spending some time with us today, Haley. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. It was fun talking with you. All right. Have a good one. You too. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Portis Wealth Advisors. The topics discussed and the opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Portis Wealth Advisors does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interest may be offered only to persons who qualified as accredited investors under applicable state and federal regulation or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interest. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in the market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.